Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We've got East Coast Canada sitting on our Zoom. Today's going to be a good day. You got some cool stuff going on and I want to hear all about it. Yeah, it's exciting. Hey, everyone. It's Amanda. And I feel like I've been out of office for way too long. Because you have. I've taken summer very seriously. It's because like you have. my kids finished school and I, I took that as like a, a green light to just, you know, stop working. But but I'm back. I'm here trying to get back into the swing of things. Um, and we've got Krista on the other end of our Zoom, who is a registered massage therapist in Nova Scotia and uh, I think soon to be published author, which is what yes. we're going to be talking about today. I can't remember how. How did we come about like talking to each other? Was it? Uh, it's on Instagram, yeah? It is on Instagram, yes. Did, did I reach out to you on Instagram? Yes, you did. Nice, nice. Because I I probably saw that that you had you had this whole thing with your book going on. And, that, and anyone that writes, but if you ever listen to if anyone listens to our podcast they know i'm fascinated by a couple things one of them is people that write books and another one is acting but uh the, the book thing for sure i'm like i don't know so i'm gonna ask you a whole bunch of questions about the book oh, yeah, it, that's it, good because i don't act <laughs> <laughs> but you might be a comedian <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've had lots of um massage therapists on uh, episodes that have written books and mark is always fascinated by fascinated. writers so this is going to be fun so why don't we start off very at the very very beginning Krista for anyone listening can we do a brief introduction of you so um, how long you've been practicing as a massage therapist what your career has been like in Nova Scotia and you know we'll get right into how you came to write a book fantastic so hi I'm Krista Wright I am a registered massage therapist in Nova Scotia um, I'm with two different associations down here, actively participate in both of them. I've been massaging since 2005 legally, but I kind of always wait, wait, wanted pause. to. pause. What does legally mean? What were you doing before 2005? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, in the beginning of my book, I explained like my whole backstory, but I was that kid that drew a picture of people touching each other in kindergarten because I wanted to touch people for a living and it turned into a great big principal fiasco. And this is kindergarten. This is kindergarten. This was back in kindergarten. Yes. I wanted to touch people for a living. My mom used to rub my back when I wasn't feeling good. So I thought I would rub people's backs to help them feel better. Oh, how cute is that? Imagine our little kindergarten child saying, I just want to rub people's backs and make so, them feel better. So then in kindergarten, like, because, because all kids draw shit all the time. Like my kids just constantly are drawing stuff. So you're drawing rubbing backs. And then your teacher sees this like, hmm, what's going on here? Maybe we need to take this to the principal. Is that is that how it kind of goes? That's basically what happened, yes. And my parents came in and had I had to explain what was going on. Was there like a whole child psychologist there, like ready to rock and roll? or That part I don't remember. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? But in eh? high school, I was also suspended for touching people inappropriately because I was friend massaging my friend's shoulders. Oh my goodness. So this has kind of been like a lifelong thing for me. I have to add, I'm sorry, I do want to get back to your introduction, but I'm just fascinated by this, how a, you know, four or five or six year old child knows like, this is what I want to do for a living. And like, you've maintained that, like, what, what goes through your head or even in high school? What were you thinking? Like, why, why was this such a passion for you? I just, I've always felt like humans don't touch enough. 
Like we are always on our phones, we're at computers, we're watching TV, we're working. You're always at your little individual desk away from every other individual. But in the world, very few species do that. They all touch each other. So, so like, interesting. it's just something I've always felt humans need more non-sexual touch. Okay. So then in Absolutely. 2005, you actually got a license. So nobody was going to get mad at you for touching them anymore. That's exactly. good. Okay. Suspended though, eh? I can't believe you'd get suspended for massaging someone's shoulders. But is, is but I'm, I'm assuming the person you were massaging was, was okay with that. Like they wanted oh, that to happen. And so what, this is just, a, this is just a, a, a teacher that sees this happening. It's like, this is inappropriate. We can't have this. I went to a zero touch school. Uh, a zero I've touch school. That That's a my thing life. that is a thing how 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 i don't i don't want to ask your age but i'm going to how old were you like when was how long ago was this i'm an old guy i'm 47 so i don't know what a, what a no touch i turned 40 are. this year this is interesting to me because i mean i, I mean I'm, like I'm close to krista's age right. and i had never heard of a zero touch school is this an east coast thing maybe maybe it's an east coast thing. Um, is this a private school during thing? a riot situation at our school oh so this was like <sighs> there's so much stuff here I know. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's it's awesome. It's... I love how in the first three minutes we're like, wait, what? What? <laughs> okay, so you were not supposed to be touching each other, and you were. I mean, with consent. So let's just clarify that again. The person who was getting the massage yeah. was cool with it, but the staff at the school said, nope, not allowed, and you got suspended. Yes. Jesus. Okay. But obviously that didn't stop you from wanting to be a massage therapist. When you got suspended, like were who like whomever the adult figures were at home, were they like, Krista, you need to stop this? Or were they like, this is a silly policy? They were completely supportive. Good. My family has been supportive of my career my entire life. So that's good. Okay. So sorry, carry on. 2005, you got your license. So now you're legally allowed to touch people. Yeah. So I've I've done pretty much every type there is. I've worked in spas, I've worked in clinics, I've been self-employed, I've been employed. Employee. I've done portable massages and the book is mostly just about all of the different fun stuff that I've done over the years and those extra special clients that you run into along the way. Those extra special clients. Every RMT listening is like, yes, those guys. We know who we're talking <laughs> about. Yes. I do want to have one more question before we move into the book talk. Um, in your intro, you said you're actively involved in two associations. What does it mean to be actively involved? Like we're regulated here. So I've, you know, it, we've got our college and our one association. What does it mean to be a part of two? Well, when I graduated, there was only one. It was like, if you want power, you go to the power company. If you want a massage, you join MTANs. Right. But a lot of people will pay their $400 dues and then they will never do anything again. They'll just fill out their paperwork, pay their dues, and that's it. I go to every meeting. I've been on different boards throughout the committee. I've, I don't just kind of sit in the background and then complain silently that they're not doing their job. I'm actively working with them for policies and procedures, pushing towards regulation. Okay. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's one thing that we've discussed on many other episodes is like, it's very easy to sit behind your keyboard and complain about everything that's wrong with the profession, no, with the state of do affairs. Something. Do something, right? I so, I mean, if you're going to complain, you have to take an active role. Well, and I mean, you don't, but I, well, it's always, it means that more That is if you what do. our current president's kind of motto is, is like, if you have a problem with it, then stand up and change it. I like that. Yeah. Join a committee, make a 
to have a voice. So I have been on one of the committees for five years now. Good for you. And so you said, so, you, oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. How long have you been in RMT? Um, about 17 years. And when into your RMT career did you decide, you know what, I think I want to get involved in, in advocacy and I want to try to be involved in the associations and be a board member. Like how long into your career did, 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 did that come up? Maybe three or four years. Was anything going on in those three or four years that that because you're you're kind of saying like, hey, if you can't sit back and complain, if you see something you want to change, you should be proactive and go out and do it. What were your concerns at the time? In those three um, or four at years, at the time when I first graduated, they told us we had to write our boards because we were going to be regulated. Right. And then the government had changed, and suddenly we're not regulated. And then we were pushing towards it again. And then same thing happened. The government changed hands and we got backburnered again. So I just got tired of hearing we're going to be, we're not going to be, we're going to be, we're not going to be. So I decided to join and find out why we keep being promised stuff that isn't being delivered. So at that time, when you became a therapist 17 years ago, MTANS had a license, had an exam that you had to, that you had to do? They were pushing towards it, but in right. the end, they decided they like we it. didn't have to do our... I think they're called OSCEs. Yep, yep, yep. That makes sense. Because we were talking to an association, I think it was in Alberta. And they were, they were in Alberta, there's a little bit more competition with the associations. There's probably about three or four major associations. And one of the associations, they were trying to act very much like a governing body where you'd have to do a licensing exam in order to be a member of that association. And therefore, you can get your registration number through that association. But because they had competition from like two other associations that weren't doing that, they were they were noticing, hey, we're losing memberships here. Mm -hmm. Like we're we're losing a massive amount of membership to somebody else. So they just dropped the idea. So I, I get where M is coming from from that. Yeah. So aside from being a part of the associations, as you said, you've had in seventeen years, you're going to see some interesting things. So um, have you always been into writing? Like I feel like you don't just one day become a writer. Has this always been something you've done? Were you like the person who journals? Like did you enjoy creative writing classes? Like. I, I, I need all. a little. No. Okay. So again, because I know Mark is so fascinated by people who decide to publish a book. Yeah, at what point completely. did you think, I have a lot of stories to tell and I think that I could write a book? Like what motivated you here? I've been joking about it for probably my whole career that, you know, one of these days I'm going to write a book and live off the royalties because <laughs> honestly, which who of us can't? <laughs> We've all got enough little backstories that, you know, things, funny things that happen through the day, the oh my God moments, right. either clients who make you cry with them or, you know, you just want to hug them and cheer for something good that's happened. So it was just, it was honestly one of my clients one day, he said, well, why don't you? When I made the joke that I'm going to write this book, he's like, well, then do it. I'm tired of hearing these stories. I want to read them. Mm. Oh, and it's okay. He so, says that to you. Did it like... I'm going to use some of Mark's terminology here. Did it like wake you up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night? Like, why am I not writing a book? I need some motivation. No, he actually got me tickets to go to a three-day writing seminar where they kind of give you, figure out who your target audience is, figure out what exactly you're trying to write, why you want to write, and then how to go about getting it from your head to the paper, because that is my biggest thing. I can tell you stories every day, all day. But when it comes to looking at a piece of paper and being like, so how do I word this? Right. That's a skill. And then on top of that, like, who wants to read it? So did you, were you able in those three days at the seminar, were you able to answer those questions? Like starting with, um, like, who's your target audience? Who did you have in mind while you were writing this book? Mostly massage therapists. Um, 
my primary audience, I'm going to say, is other massage therapists, mm-hmm. people who will find the humor that, you know, we've all under, we've all been through a lot of this. So a lot of people, when they read the chapter about massaging, peeling skin, mm-hmm. Relatable. See, every massage therapist is going to know that feeling on their hands. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Yes, I do know that feeling on my hands. <laughs> so, and then my secondary audience is all of the people who go for massages. Yeah, you know what? I, I would say I do have a lot of clients who... And again, this is relatable. I'm sure other therapists will say this. I have clients who like love to ask me those questions like, well, what's the grossest thing you've ever seen? Do you ever have anybody fart while they're on the table? Has anybody ever done this? Like I I get these questions or if they have something that maybe they feel self-conscious about or they're concerned about or then it's always like, well, have you seen this before? Does anybody else have this? Like I get so many questions from clients that I feel like there probably would be a handful of people like that are not therapists that would be like interested to know what we deal with on a day to day. But yeah, I think mostly massage therapists would love to read about other therapists experience. And I think that's why people listen to us too, right? Because they're like, yes, I understand. And to know like, we're not the only person massaging horrible back knee or. Yeah. I find it really interesting though, that at least the way it sounds right now that you kind of you you kind of took it and ran with it based on a client really kind of encouraging you right yeah. uh, any other any other support system on this other than that client that's like you know you should go to the seminar and figure the figure go to this writing workshop almost all of my clients have been thoroughly excited about this um, I have more people upset that they're not in the book. Than... <laughs> I was <gonna> ask <laughs> so when a lot next, of people actually. like I've had massage therapists, especially from the regulated provinces, reach out to me and say, we're concerned about you, like breaching any confidentiality or touching on professionalism. Right. And honestly, I have waivers for every single person who's included in the book. Right who might be mentioned even in an obscure way. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask you, so you've kind of just answered that, um, is that were you ever concerned about portraying a client, you know, in a situation the way you saw it? And then were you, are you concerned about them reading it and being like, whoa, like that's that's not the way I recall it? Or, you know, that m- maybe makes them look a little dumb? The few chapters that I was worried about that, I've actually gotten the client to read it and give their personal approval for that chapter. Okay. So, so nobody's, nobody's going to be pissed. One, his name is going to be Carter in the book, but he is definitely a flag waver in the stories. Flag waver. He tends to get erections a lot. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to find the politically correct term. For that. <laughs> you, could, you could just flat out say it on this platform. So Carter, we'll Perfect. call him, was... Totally Carter fine. The, the, he pitches tents. He pitches tents. <laughs> Carter the camper. <laughs> Carter the camper. <laughs> Carter the camper. With the, with he has a name. <laughs> you know why I asked that? With the that? extra large tent. You know why I asked? <laughs> Full standing room. Krista, don't, don't, don't tell us if it's extra large or not. Anyway, <laughs> um, the reason I asked that is because when we first started this podcast, we did a, we did a, um, like, a series called the unprofessional hour. We kind of still do it, but we kind of don't because now we just sort of like let everything out on every episode. So we don't need it, but we had episodes completely dedicated to telling funny stories, of course, without breaching confidentiality. You know, we would never say anything that was going to identify a client, but we would just talk about, you know, funny things that happen in the treatment room, whether it's somebody getting an erection or whatever. And I remember telling a funny story about- Did you just call a- my erection funny? I did not call your <laughs> erection funny. 
but we started, I started telling a story about a client. Like she was just one of my favorite people. And I was like talking about how like we were having like a conversation and I guess I, I made her laugh and well, Sometimes when you laugh, you lose a little control, got a little too relaxed, and she let a fart out in in the treatment room. But we she wasn't on the table yet. She was sitting across the room. We were having a conversation, and I got up because now it's time for me to do an assessment. So I got up and I said, "Okay, I'm going to come over and just check out your shoulder." And she goes, "Wait, not yet. I farted over here." You and so I was I was telling the story, and I'm crying, laughing, and then after telling it, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Like. She, because she's one of my favorite people, like I have told her that I have a podcast and I was like, oh my God, if she ever listens to this, is she going to be so pissed that I told that story? But I'm like, but I didn't identify her, you know, and here I am telling it again, but I think she'd be cool. <laughs> I mean, at least she warned me. She's like, don't come over here. I farted over here. <laughs> Those are also in there. <laughs> I like the clients that will at least give you a warning, right? <laughs> yeah. So all of your people have signed waivers. So there's nothing in there like that we would be concerned about at all. But were any of them when they, when they realized that they're in the book, like were any of them like a little embarrassed or was everybody like totally cool? Everyone was totally cool. Um, the only one who I would say had a little bit of hesitation, but then again, really laughed was he's titled Walter in the book. And it's similar to your farting conversation, only it wasn't a fart. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ever kind of apprehensive because of the potential blowback? Because the I'm, the book is the book is meant for entertainment, right? I mean, that's the it's an entertaining 100%. book, hundred percent, right? It's an entertaining book, and I mean, and along the way, you learn shit, regardless, right? Because you just being exposed to someone and their stories and and all this stuff. Are you are you ever concerned about the potential blowback from? from all of those RMTs that I feel maybe take themselves a little too seriously. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. we're hard, we're healthcare and you don't see doctors running around writing books about their patients in a humorous kind of way and blah, 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 blah. And my answer to that is, well, we're not fucking doctors. But any which way, are you, was that ever a concern with yours, the blowback? And have you gotten any of that type of blowback? Actually, I have. I've gotten a little bit from my association the complaints committee reached out in regards to just making sure that I, I'm not going to breach confidentialities. There's no um, conduct on becoming, that I'm not going to paint the association in a negative light. So how does the association become so aware that this is what you're doing? I'm completely, I'm an open book. I've always been an open book. This right. is not something that I wanted to keep under the rug and publish. Pun, in, pun intended. She's an open book. Exactly. <laughs> this is not something I wanted to keep under the rug and just hide from everybody. Yeah. I've been open about it. I've talked to the association about it. I've, I've requested to speak to our association's lawyers. So you were proactive and reached out and said, hey, this is what I'm doing. And I just want to make sure I'm on the up and up here and I'm not going to run into problems type of thing. Exactly. Nice. I like that. Like I, I don't That's want to blindside anyone. And I have had a couple of people from Ontario and Alberta reach out to me and just say, like, I think this is completely unprofessional and unethical and you should not be doing this at all. What's your response to that? I thank them for their opinion. I asked them what part they had problems with. Um, one lady, I showed her all of my previous cover designs mm -hmm. and the ones that I have rejected because they do really look sexual. Right. But explain like I'm still one or two revisions away from my final cover yeah. but the one that we do have now it has red nail polish on it some therapists do wear nail polish 
I've been trained not to. It's so fun. I don't know. Because we get, I mean, we get that shit all the time, right? And it's so, oh, yeah. it's so silly. Like we get that shit because of the language that we use. Oh, it's not professional. The language that you use in the conversation. I'm like, unbutton it a little bit. You're so stuffy. Like relax. But again, people have to recognize the audience. So Krista very clearly said her it's audience is, your target audience is for therapists. And clients. Our target it. audience is also for therapists. Meaning when we're talking and we're, you know, the, the three of us right now just sitting having a conversation what would be the difference if it was just the three of us sitting in here having a coffee and having a conversation and yeah we drop some okay fine mark you can you can have you know sprite so (laughs) you know we drop some f-bombs here and there we like you know we laugh about some stuff that might have some sexual innuendo we're three adults you know what i mean but I think when, you know, therapists are getting really upset either about the language or about the the sexual conversation or whatever it is that they don't like that we do or that you do, they're thinking that this is like an image that's being portrayed to the public. And I'm like, like most members of the public are not listening to us. It is mostly other therapists. And we're telling these stories to be relatable and to kind of just have real conversation about what really does happen. And we're not breaking confidentiality. We're never identifying clients. We're never talking about things that cross any kind of line. In my opinion, you know, I am very mindful of that. I don't, I would never want to, um, embarrass or upset any of my clients. I would never want to be in trouble with our association, our college. Like I wouldn't do that. But when people get really upset, like, oh, you swear too much, or, you know, you guys talk about sexual topics. We're like, yeah, but we're, so does every other grown up. Like, what are we doing wrong here? You know, the stuff that you're doing with the book and the stuff that we do with the podcast, people find, uh, RMTs find a ton of value in that. Yeah. Simply because it's nice to know that you're not the only fucking person that has this stuff. You're not the only person that's going through this stuff. It's or to hear someone else's to hear how someone else dealt with a very similar situation or to make the situation aware to somebody else because you're locked in your 10 by 10 room all day by yourself. And if you're a busy therapist, you don't come out and you're not interacting with other people. And the only other people that really get this really get this are the rest of us. So I don't, I, I really don't get it when some, but maybe I'm just an idiot and that's why I don't get it. I think that's why. (laughs) No, I feel like there are some therapists out there that just, they're a lot more professional. It's the same as any industry we're going to find. Some of us are just more laid back and relaxed and like to joke with our clients and other people are completely 100% medical. I don't want professional to be the word there because just because you have this book that's got very humorous moments. It doesn't that take away from your professionalism. All of us can relate to doesn't make you any less of a professional, right? Because Amanda's sitting over there and says, fuck every once in a while on a podcast that's intended for adults doesn't make her any less professional as a massage therapist. Yeah, absolutely. That and, and yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to say. I don't think it changes anything because we understand how to how to do our jobs and we do them well and we show up for our clients and that's professional. And so I'm, you know, I, I'm finding this interesting because we had another person on the podcast. Um, her name is Mandy. She wrote a book. I've talked to her. Yes. So Mandy is in the States and she likely got some blowback as well, but being in the States, I don't feel like she's received as much. Um, is she has been actually very well received for just being funny. And, you know, she says using my English sense of humor, like people really enjoyed her stories. Uh, 
And she went, I feel, in my opinion, I I haven't obviously read your book yet, Krista, because I only learned about it like (laughs) whenever you and Mark first talked, but I'm going to. But I've read Mandy's book and I feel like some of the stuff she talked about might really piss off some Ontario therapists, but I don't feel like she got much of the blowback and maybe I'm wrong maybe I should ask her I feel like her chapter about prostitutes and yeah yeah um teaching people who became madams and sex workers definitely would have gotten some blowback definitely crossing some lines like I mean that's what I mean like I don't even feel like based on what you're saying and the fact that you got clients consent I can't imagine your book is more risque than hers in any way oh gosh no no like Mandy pushes the the boundaries often, but for her, again, it's just making light of some some of these situations like she's written some articles for our new platform, Massage Therapy Media, and even the titles like I'm laughing out loud, but I can see I can see some therapists getting stuffy about it. One of her um, articles was about treating glutes. I'm and a of bums. yeah, she titled the article, I am a rubber of bums. What's your superpower? Like, that's funny to that. me. It's funny. <laughs> I think it's clever and witty and it enticed me to read it. So interesting. That is one of the best parts about the industry. It's true. We're all so very different. I don't want you to give away any parts of your book, Krista, but um, I did this with Mandy as well. You can decide what you want to give away or whatnot. But I just asked her, are there any particularly interesting bits that you might want to share a little bit with? Like, give us a little bit of a teaser for people listening. Oh, that's a hard one. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, there's so much. I know. There is so much. Um, I have in the beginning, it's the more innocent, family friendly chapters. It's like your hot stone oops is one title. And it's about me losing a hot stone during a treatment and the client (laughs) finding it hours later. (laughs) I want to know. (laughs) Her eyeballs told me everything. (laughs) How big was Um, the stone? (laughs) There's a story about a woman who brought her cat to a couple's massage. What? Somebody had to massage her and then somebody else had to massage her cat? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is awesome. <laughs> and then, like, the couple's massages where the couple definitely should not be in the couple's massage room. Like, the incredibly paranoid woman who has convinced her boyfriend is having sex right next to her while she's getting a massage. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. I love this. I will say, I will say, not that not that I thought that was going on, but do you remember um, the week of our wedding, we got a couple's massage in yeah. Dominican. Yeah. So the they don't they don't do draping there. Like, really, you're just on the table and they will ex- they'll expose like your entire ass. All of, I was not expecting that. So we're in this room getting a couple's massage and I'm completely exposed. And I knew that both of us were naked under our robes because we had just done this whole <laughs> hydrotherapy circuit together. So like, I know he's completely naked. So I'm trying to peek. I'm like, how much of him is exposed right now? Because I am all out in the open. <laughs> so I was trying to peek like, how much are these therapists seeing of you right now? <laughs> and you were completely you were completely exposed as well (laughs) what did it look like from the other side of the room i mean on the other side of the room all i could see was your butt cheeks but i'm like they're probably catching glimpses of other things but yeah yeah. i was checking it out (laughs) oh dominican they will not drape your butt just so you know (laughs) all right so you've got couples massages where one of the members of the couple is a cat (laughs) yes i really like that um i have draping mishaps like everybody has had a draping mishap at some point in their career Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think the best was when the person completely undressed my table put themselves in a toga and then laid back on the table what (laughs) 
<laughs> Amazing. I think I gave this story on the very first unprofessional hour when uh, <laughs> this client, I'm like, you, you know, disrobed to your level of comfort, lying down between the sheets, everything else. Okay, I wait. come back, I knock on the door, I come back, he's sitting on the table in his tidy whiteies. His clothes are all folded on the chair and he's holding his shoes going, my shoes, my <laughs> shoes, what do I what do, do with, I my do with my shoes? I'm like, I don't know, bro. I don't know what to say <laughs> to this. <laughs> at least, at least you had the client that was like considerate, trying to figure out where to put stuff and folded stuff. I had one client that I used to treat fairly regularly he would undress but like i'd go when i'd knock on the door i'd come into the room his clothes were like thrown all over the floor like there was a bench there there was a hook like there were multiple options of where to put his clothes and his choice was to strip and throw them all over the floor there's a therapist that we know pretty well he's taken a whole bunch of courses here and we've become really friendly and he did a tiktok with this it was it was really funny he's like he did a tiktok of the different types of clients and how and what they do with their clothes and the jock was the person that just takes off their clothes and just dumps it everywhere and then he had someone that like takes off all their clothes and does selfies it's like (laughs) it's really funny man and then there's the ones who like stand there naked talking on their phone and tell you it's okay to come in the room when you knock yes yes we've all had those we've had those or for me it's it's the the elderly woman who starts undressing before you've even left you're like please stop please keep your clothes a man who does that every month He'll be telling me about his shoulder while taking off his pants. Yeah. As soon as I see like that first belt loop, I'm like, I'm out of here. I love it. See, to me, that's all the fun stuff of this. As, as goofy as that stuff is and as weird as it might be, but that's what makes it freaking interesting is all those weird dealings with other people. I love it. I love it. Okay. So that's the family friendly stuff. I love how it's documented in this book. Well, she said that was the family friendly stuff. So I've got an, aside from, you know, uh, Carson the camper or, or sorry, Carter the camper, Carter, Carter the camper. Um, are there are there any other um, maybe not PG not PG stories that we might see in the book without giving it away? Definitely, there's at least ten chapters that fall into the eighteen plus reader discretion advised. Nice, I like it. How long did writing this book actually take you? As you said, you're not a writer, and getting the thoughts from your head onto paper was an issue. So, how long did this take? Before you do that, though, can you tell me a little bit about the workshop? It was put on by Jerry Roberts before he retired. He is a multi million dollar author and he owns his, owned a huge publishing company. Mm-hmm. And he invited at least a dozen other authors, other publishing companies to come in, and they literally broke down how you go about each section of writing a book and able to make it a profitable business and not just some do-it-yourself thing that sits on a shelf that one person has bought because she's your mom and has to. Awesome. I, don't, I don't know if I'd want my mom to buy any book that I write. Yeah. In this workshop, do you ever do any writing while you're there? Yeah. Um. He actually got us to start writing. Mm-hmm. And then to sit down and to go into a group activity and talk to each other about why we picked our topic, um, what we're hoping to achieve, get one story out. And then they sat down with us and read through this story to see if they felt there was actual need for it. Right. And so what was what was kind of the feedback that you got? Because I assume when you go to a writing workshop with this type of content in mind, it's a rare, it's a rare thing. There's not like other people there with this type of content. Uh, that's my there assumption. There is nobody else. So, there. what is the feedback that you get at the at, at a workshop like this when you bring your content to the table? Um, I basically got 
two different publishing companies that were willing to sign me right then and there oh, without awesome. reading the rest of it because there's nothing like it on the market. Because this is interesting. Um, like you said, Mandy, and there's one other lady that I've read her book. I cannot think of her name off the top of my head. What's the book called? Maybe I have it. One is titled How Deep Should I Go? Oh, I don't have that one, but I'm going to Google it. Carry on. And both of them are kind of memoirs of a massage therapist, but they're more, I don't know, it's more about the therapist and less about the stories. So like Mandy's was amazing. It talked about her life as a military wife traveling all over the world doing massages for different people. How deep should I go? By the way, the author is Kaylee Purser. And I've talked to both of them via social media links and talked to them about their books and how they went about publishing. And I've read them both cover to cover a couple of times. So you know that what you're doing is slightly different than what they're doing because it focuses a little more on them, whereas you're focusing on... The incident. The funny. Were were they encouraging? They were. Both of them were incredibly encouraging and very helpful talking to me about the hiccups that they've run into. Did you expect that or did you expect something different? Um, Honestly, I had a kind of authors look down your nose and aren't really human beings kind of opinion of what I was expecting. Right. Like, I don't know. I just, they're these entities. And since I've never thought of myself as an author... It was unique. You had imposter syndrome. Like you're thinking they're they're published, they're authors. But at some point, Krista, they were you. They were a massage therapist thinking, I have a lot of stuff to talk about and I'm going to put it into a book. I wonder how much of that, that willingness to just kind of be helpful and supportive comes from being a body worker. I'm curious. Yeah, we're just lovely people. We're lovely people, aren't we? I can see why Mandy and the other author that you mentioned would be really supportive. Yeah. Well, now I've got to track down this other author and uh, get her book and talk to her, too, because I didn't know there was another person writing massage therapy stories. We're few and far between. And probably because there's probably a lot of us that are afraid Um, Like we talked about at the beginning, they're afraid that they're going to get some sort of blowback for being either unprofessional or breaching confidentiality. I mean, none of which any of you guys are doing, but that can be perceived that way, right? Because it's supposed to be what happens inside these walls stays inside these walls. Well, let's be honest, when a bunch of therapists are are hanging out, yeah, we don't talk about specific clients, but like like you said, we, we all can relate to, as you said, massaging the person with back knee or somebody not knowing what to do with their shoes or throwing their clothes all over the floor or farting in the corner of the room. Like all of us have experienced all of those things. So I don't see the harm in talking about it and getting a laugh out of it. Like Mark said, it's what makes it interesting versus going to work every day, being in your room all by yourself and seeing patient after patient after patient and never getting to feel like anybody else can relate to what you're doing. I also feel like most therapists that are in regulated provinces are really fearful of their governing body. Yeah. And therefore they're like, I never want to do anything that brings me any attention from the governing body. Yeah, nobody wants to get in trouble. But I also think it's a massive undertaking and a, and a huge skill to write. And it's not it's not in everyone's wheelhouse. So For sure. So that brings me back to my question. How long did the writing process actually take you, Krista? Uh, well, I started it before COVID happened. And then uh, my family got really sick and I ended up with long COVID. So that kind of put everything on a back burner. And then I kind of picked it up again, probably about a year ago with the intention that I was going to have book in hand by the end of this year. Talk to me about your writing process. Is it, is it, 
I block time off in my schedule and I'm going to sit here on my laptop and I'm going to write? Or is it like I wake up in the middle of the night because I got a really cool idea on the chapter or this chapter is incomplete and I kind of know what I want to do with it now because I didn't fight. That's more of it. Yeah. yeah. It's more of like a thought will come to me in the middle of a massage and I will try to hold on to it while still focusing on the client and then frantically run out of the room, wash my hands and write something down on a post-it note. Any thoughts ever lost in that process? Probably a lot. And then same kind of thing, like as I'm drifting off to sleep, you know, most people are like, oh crap, did I put the milk away? And like the things that you have to do for tomorrow and then a thought will come to me and I'll open my eyes and I'll scribble something sideways on the side of my night table. Not on paper, on the actual night table. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and then try to decipher it tomorrow when I put my glasses on. <laughs> Do you ever wake up and you're like, I have no fucking clue what I just wrote here. Like, this is just... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You have done that. I've done that so many times. Mark has papers everywhere, which is fine. But like even... So we have two daughters. So uh, today I was cleaning up. Um, we have two different dressers in our room. One has one of our kids' clothes and one is our clothes. So I was cleaning Twilight. up on top of the dresser with the kids clothes and there were pink there was like these pink construction paper that had marks writing all over them I could understand nothing there was numbers there was days there was like names like there's just all this stuff written down and I was like is this important do I keep this no does he need this why is this here and why is it on pink construction paper but there's no just idea. like papers of his scribbled notes everywhere no <laughs> that is what my house looks like right now yes <laughs> so just so you know i kept the pink construction paper just in case you needed it <laughs> writing a book so you don't think that you could ever write a book mark no i don't i don't i i feel like it takes a lot of patience that i don't have um i feel like you gotta be smart i'm not <laughs> uh, all of this stuff i and, and to be honest with you, i'm not a reader i don't i don't read a lot and Therefore, I don't, I don't understand how writing works really well. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand formats of writing. I don't understand what works, what doesn't work. So, you know, that would be like me trying to come up with a comic book. Like, I don't read comic books, so it would just be a very shitty comic book, right? Versus, like, I play music, so I understand music and composition and and song construction. And that's like saying, hey, Amanda, write a song. She's not a musician, at least in her soul. Anyway, right? So, But I don't think I could ever write a book. I, I have no desire to, one. But even if I had a desire, I don't think I have the skills for it. I used to have a desire to write a book. I think it's hard. It um, sounds extremely hard. Because it's like sometimes I'd come, like, just what Krista was describing, it'd be like the middle of the night and I'd like have this idea that I would feel like this is interesting and other people might find it interesting. And I actually used to have a whole bunch of notes in my bedside table. I will say a couple years back, I can't remember, I think I was like, you know, on this whole like self-awareness journey and I was like, I'm really never going to do anything with any of this and I got rid of it. But I used to just have these notes of like interesting things I thought of. So it wasn't always necessarily like career related. Like there was stuff about um, relationships. Um, there was stuff about family dynamics. It was like it was just stuff that I was like, I feel like I want to like write about this. And then it would, the thought would just come and go and pass me by and I never did anything with it. It just seems so hard to me. Like I, uh, were you, are you, are you a big reader? Before my kids, I was. See, like that, that's the, that's the thing. Like I would have no idea how, where to start. Even, even if I went and had someone tell me stuff like this is what you should, I, I, don't, I don't think I have that skill. I don't have that imagination for it. That is why I'm going with stuff that has really happened and not trying to make stuff up. Not because fiction. Because my imagination is not there. But even still, it's a, it's a real 
fucking art to to construct like yeah. chapters that are going to hold the reader's attention and and make them want to continue. Like that's, that's you already had the content, and you must have had some natural skill because for two publishers to read what you had written in this yeah. workshop, and you had never really been a writer, to say like I would work with you right now. Obviously, there was some there was some raw talent there. Thank you. Are you looking to pursue writing beyond this? Um, I'm actually hoping that right now I'm putting a reach out to other massage therapists around the world to tell me their stories. Like a collaborative book kind of thing? Yes. So book number two is going to be more like a Confessions of a Clinic series. Nice. And it'll be other therapist stories from around the world. So people, you know, from, I don't know, where did you guys go? Punta Cana, Costa Rica? Oh, the massage that the couple's massage we has, that was in Punta Cana. Yeah. <laughs> so like couples like that who don't do draping. I'd like stories. For, I've gotten stories from them. Um, I've gotten stories from a German bathhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I'm currently collecting the stories from other therapists to put together a book number two. That's awesome. See, that's similar to what we do here, right? We hear somebody doing interesting things. And we're like, come talk about it. Like, let's let's share your stories. So do you, now you're going to write these down. Do you ever get someone's someone's story and you read it and you're like, Great idea, horrible writing. Yes. And for that, we I'm going to be working with people to rewrite it in a way that, one, it's spelled right. <laughs> <laughs> and like my six-year-old is famous for telling you the punchline of the story before she tells you the joke. Right. So some people will be like that and they'll be like, the client crapped on my table and then they'll try to tell you the story. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like Quentin Tarantino, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to I talk about it. this because it. we're talking so about you, you know, possibly moving into a collaborative book. So uh, we have other friends who are also podcasters. We've had them on our show. We've been on theirs and they have they have um, written their own books. They've done collaborative books. And now they're like, I don't know what is Sue like she's editing and stuff now, too. Anyway, yeah, I think so. um, but when they were working on their last collaborative book, I got some information about what the book was going to be about. And I was like, this is kind of cool. And Mark said to me, like, why don't you talk to her? Like, maybe you would want to be a contributor to this book. And I was like, huh, interesting. So I set up a meeting with her and we talked about it. And once I actually learned what the process. the process was and what actually was was entailed in publishing a book i was like oh i'm not ready for this like no not at all like i am not ready the the financial commitment you have to make because like this things that people don't think about right publishing a book isn't free so like the financial commitment was huge and the time commitment you know just having like deadlines to submit you know chapters for them to review and all of this stuff i was like oh this is like you know, I was imagining sitting behind my my laptop, like wrapped in a blanket with a cup of tea, like, you know, casually typing away. And I was like, no, this sounds more stressful than I'm ready for. Like maybe one day, but not right now. So when you finally figured out what it was going to take for you to get this book together, were you shocked or did you know like what this process was going to be? Oh, gosh, no. Writing was the easy part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was hard enough. Um, the first person I originally signed a contract with turned out to be a vanity publishing press. They took my money and they ran with it. <gasps> so that's currently being investigated. And hopefully I will get money back from them. Wow. So then I went more like an independent style and I hired an illustrator from Nova Scotia who just graduated. So there will be massage memes and comics and stuff that have never been seen before in the book. That's Love cool. that. And she did an amazing job. I'm super thrilled with her. And then hiring a 
cover design, which was horrible. So I went with a different cover designer, each one costing about $500 a piece. How do you find all these people? By recommendation or just Um, research, your own research? Faith in the unicorns. Yeah, I get it. A little bit of research, a little bit of recommendation, a lot of social media and pleas to different groups. Yeah. And then throwing throwing a lot of trust and money into people. Eh? Exactly. And then like the most recent publishing company that I've gone with has turned out to be absolutely amazing. That's and good. understanding about the fact that, you know, I did lose a large portion of my nest egg with the first company. So she's doing a payment plan right. and it's slowly coming together. So your vision of having book in hand by the end of the year. Are we on target for that? We sure are. So what are we looking at in terms of time timeline for people listening? Because I mean, this episode is going to go out like within the next couple of weeks. So for people listening, how soon could they expect to actually be able to purchase your book? I'm expecting to have pre-sales open by mid-October and books actually out for distribution by no, the first part of November. Amazing. Right on. So you are on track. And do we know yet, or like I guess we'll know once the book comes out, but do we know like how people are going to be able to get your book? Is it going to be like an Amazon thing? It's going to be for Amazon, Ingram, Spark, Kindle, Kobo, and I want to say Barnes & Noble. Nice. Awesome. And what I'm, yeah, this is really super exciting. When that does happen, um, definitely share the information with us so we can let people know like this book is coming. And, you know, if the hilarious cat story wasn't enough to entice you that you want to read the other stories, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if we can be friends. (laughs) I want to ask this, but I don't want to ask this. How do you make money on a book? Is it is it purely sales of a book? I will tell you when I find out. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. That was like that was a huge concern when I did have that meeting with the other therapist. Is like, not that it's all about the money, you know. Like, there's obviously some satisfaction in doing it, but I was looking at again. There is a financial commitment when you are you know, looking into getting a publisher. So I was looking at it. Well, if I'm going to invest this much money, like, how am I going to make this? back. And it, she was a little vague, but I, I understand why, because we weren't really going forward with it. It was more like, okay, well, pre-sales will start here and you get this much of this and whatever. But I was thinking like, how do you how do you really get your book out there? Like I have a cousin who just um, published a book or just had her book published, sorry. And uh, it's, it's a memoir. So I mean, it's uber specific. You'd have to really be interested in this. And I was thinking like, good for her for getting her story out there. But then the other part of me was thinking, who's going to buy this book? Not that people wouldn't, but you know what I mean? Like, how do you, how do you, there's so many books, you go into a bookstore, like, how do you get your name really out there as an author? Well, that is what one of these people is for. She is my um, 90 days pre-launch program. And that is why I'm actually on Instagram. Mm. I'm really bad with social media. I try to avoid it. I'm secretly 80. Don't tell anyone. (laughs) So are we. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But she insisted I created an Instagram account and I began targeting massage therapists, people who like massage therapists, um, posting massage memes and humor stuff and just kind of telling people this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it worked because you guys reached out to me it and worked. said, hey, look, we heard about your book. Do you want to be on a podcast? It worked. Yes, it did. And I've had so many different people. I'm up to over 750 likes in less than a month. Nice. Good for you. So it's definitely working. And as we keep going, I'm going to be offering promotions, signed books, 
all kinds of wonderful media to kind of just encourage spreading the word. Yeah, I think this is really awesome. So um, I do want before we uh, before we wrap up anytime today, I want people who are listening to be able to find you. So if you want to give out contact information, any, you know, your Instagram, social social platforms, anything you want, go for it. Um, Instagram would be Krista underscore right underscore RMT. And it will be a picture of my confessions of a massage table book. And then if people post, like add me as a friend and then send me a message saying that they've added me because of this podcast, I'm going to be putting them in for a draw for a free autographed copy as well. Nice. Love it, man. I'm excited. (laughs) I love creative people doing creative things. It's so cool, man. So cool. Anybody listening, make sure if you reach out to Krista that you mention us because you might get a free copy. So interested to read it. Yeah, I'm super excited to read it as well. So as soon as it's out, Krista, make sure you let us know because, like I said, Mandy's had me like rolling. So I'm excited to to read what you got. Now I got to reach out to this other person too. Like I'm super excited that there's multiple RMTs writing about this shit. And, you know, we're going to continue doing this and talking to other therapists and getting the stories out there because I think it is so valuable and it does help people to feel like, no, I'm not the only one going through this. And like Mark said, actually hearing how people handle certain situations, it might seem insignificant to you, but for somebody else, it could be like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like, I don't know. I think this is great what you're doing. And yes, super creative. Thank you. I know. This was fun. Thank you for hanging out with us. Yeah, this is really fun, Krista. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone. Peace.